piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of night pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Welcome to a new episode. You're listening to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan. I'm joined by the cast, the crew, the fellas. Zach? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Edward? Hey, what's up, folks? We are able to steal Edward from his personal gig now. His, uh, we're, I guess we're technically, Zach, his, his side piece now. Side <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but but we got him this week. Uh, even even if you know, had to bust and, him out of jail. You know, had a, all the, the whole shebang. I'll I'll send you a personal BK gift card just for joining us today. <laughs> I'll pay for lunch. But it's nice to see you guys. Hope everybody had a good week. Um, everybody out there listening in podcast land, this is a brand new episode. If you're watching. Uh, us, you're watching us live on Facebook Live or Ema Sawa Productions uh, YouTube channel. So check us out. Uh, Zach, we'll start with you. How has your weekend been? How's your week gone? Uh, weekend went pretty good. Um, well, I don't think we're going to do recent watches. I went and saw Gran Turismo for the $4 movie Sunday thing. And pretty good movie. Highly recommend it. Um, yeah, overall... Coming. Week's been doing good, so we're all halfway there. <clears throat> Week's been going good. Edward, what about you? Man, it's been work, 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 work. Um, I am now going through True Blood uh, when I have time with my wife, for that matter. I uh, finished Big Bang Theory and all that, like I think I said the last time I was on. Uh, yeah, uh, not many movies, man, to be honest. Last time you joined us, if I'm not mistaken, it was like... Almost a year ago, right? No, I'm just teasing you. Um, it's about five, six weeks. <clears throat> let's talk about that for a close, minute. We, close to that. We, we, we kind of get away from uh, going through and talking some personal things and personal items here on this show. We don't get political. We don't get, uh, you know, we, we sometimes don't bitch, moan, complain. Um, we talk about movies. Zach, we talk about all kinds of things. Football when Craig's here. Um mm-hmm. Let's not forget to take a break once in a while from everything outside of this this realm or Ed's house or Zach's house. Uh, you know what? You know what, guys? Like, I think it's okay to let both you guys know that if you need a day, no matter who your employer is or who you are, you should take a day. You should mm-hmm. call. You should call in. You should take a day and just have a you day. You should mm-hmm. completely push everything <clears throat> aside because, like, at the end of the day, we're all replaceable. Like, yeah. these companies look at us like we're a dime a dozen. Like, fuck them. You know what? At the end of the day, nobody's going nobody's gonna to replace you. Nobody's going to replace your memory. Nobody's going to replace the thoughts or the feelings around you. Uh, Ed, you don't have any kids yet. Zach, you don't have any kids. But, like, 
who's gonna who's gonna sit there and take care of them or replace you if something happens to you? Yeah. They can find another yeah. uh, desk person, or they can find another person to run a store, or run a McDonald's, or run a Burger King oh, for that matter. You know, <laughs> so like at the end of the day, you guys, we all should just take care of ourselves, and corporate yeah. America should just go blow off and go fuck themselves in the ass because fuck them. That's why. You know. All right, rant, all right. Rant power of the day speech. Here we go. Because they're not yeah. gonna take. They're not gonna take care of you if something happens to you. No. Yeah, today was my first off day in seventeen days. Yeah. Jesus. Like, why? Why is that? Why do you not get a day off in seventeen days? Why can they not find somebody else to run that place or run whatever it is that you do? Fuck them. Training uh, underlings. That. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no want, such that don't want to be there. Yeah, there's no such thing as that. No, because it, it would it would be really coherent. They they should have somebody who sits behind a fucking desk and come and sit and watch your your whatever the fuck you do for eight hours while you take at least a day off. No yep. day off in seventeen days, like this isn't like nineteen thirties or something anymore. You know what? What if you have a a mental breakdown? Are they gonna fucking pay for your your suicide attempt? Are they going to pay for your fucking overdose? Are they going to pay for your going to rehab because you're addicted to fucking alcohol? Fuck no, they're not. A no. day, no days off in seventeen days. Yeah, it's not the longest anybody's ever been, but yeah. Fuck them. That's why. And if you guys want to know where you can find us to <laughs> listen to any more of our our special rants, uh, it's right here: facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Uh, the Instagram is all one word, the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Uh, you can find us on X, formerly known as the Twitter, at Cinnamon405. Uh, or you can email us if you want to slide into the DMs and listen to more rants, raves, and bitching, and moaning, and complaining. C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. Uh, get in there. Yeah, who got, who got under your more call, thoughts bro? and opinions. I was about to say, damn, is it been like this or? It's, oh, it's it's bullshit, is what it is. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Especially if they only want to take care of the people who sit behind the desks. Uh, let's get into <laughs> Zach. We're not, we're not, we're not doing some recent watches. Um, <coughs> but you went and saw Gran Turismo, Ed. You went and uh, you've been. Double downing and double dipping on some fantastic TV shows. I applaud you, you're good sir. I want to talk about The Flash for just a minute because you guys were on that episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not get to be on that episode, but I finally watched The Flash. And uh, you know what? I thought it was okay. I, uh, I was a little disappointed. It, it was completely all over the place. Um, you could It felt like three different movies in one, but it was just completely... It was like a backfire. It was misfired, honestly. Like mm. even Michael Keaton and the and the Batman from nineteen eighty nine couldn't save it. I feel, um, I don't know. I feel like they just tried to make it too funny, and it was all over the place. The CGI was horrible, but you know what? I feel like for everybody pointing at the CGI, I feel like what if it was just that's what it was meant to be? What if it was supposed right. to look like a video game? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um. But 
uh, at the end of the day, I think it's fine. I don't know how the rewatchability would go to it, to it, but if I had to think of right off the top of my head, I think it'd be a six. That's fair. That's oh. fair. It's the farther the farther we get away from that movie, the farther it's just like it's yeah. memorable. You know, I, I yeah, I, it, I, it, I, it's it's fine. If it really does fit in that category of it's not terrible, it's not great. It's it's just it is what it is. And if people are using the Spider-Man No Way Home saga to get, you know, oh, Toby, Toby uh, McGuire and Andrew Garfield, they had their their feelings. Like, I feel like this is the same with this movie. Like, right. I felt I felt really good when you saw Nicolas Cage or when you saw uh, Christopher, Christopher Reeves. Reeves. Right. Um, and even though he wasn't in the bat suit, like at the end of the day, I, I thought George Clooney and there was pretty, pretty badass. Yeah. So. And the fact that they they filmed the, they filmed that like six months before the movie came out and no one knew about it was you know it was genius on Warner Brothers at least they kept that a secret for about six months so yeah and it was good to see Ben Affleck one last time as Batman which I think I think they've already said that different. yeah I think they've already said that he they cut his scenes out of Aquaman too so I'm just like I think that's it for him so it, it sucks but it is what it is. Yeah, they also cut the Michael Keaton scenes out of Aquaman too. Yeah, so does anyone care about Aquaman? I, is that even still coming out? Part of me thinks that that got pushed to next year, it's like probably, Doom Part Two, which pisses oh, me off. It's it's probably going to get pushed back. Here, but, you had a rant this this early in the episode. Let me have my rant. So <laughs> let me let me hear it. Why do you think Dune is getting pushed back? It's done. It's completed. It's getting pushed back because they want the actors to go promote the film. But here's the thing. If people, you remember, this was like a year and a half into COVID. People went and saw Doom Part 1. It was packed when I went and saw an IMAX. You know, people are not going to care that they're doing publicity for this movie. If they went and saw Part 1, they're going to go see Part 2. I'm excited for it. Craig's excited for it. You're excited for it. I'm sure Ed's excited for it. So, I mean, no one watches those interviews. I'll catch them maybe if they're on YouTube or whatever, but that's not going to stop people from going to see the movie. If Doom Part Doom Part One was such a huge money maker. Those same people are going to go see Part Two. So why why are we pushing it to March of next year? I think it's because the actors are con contractually contractually obligated to do those. I think they get paid for that. So if probably. they're not getting if they're not getting paid to do that, you know, they're that's probably why they're pushing the movie out. Um, I don't, but if they already I got paid to do the movie, then I would think you get paid more to do the movie than actually doing the interviews. I agree with you, though. I think the movie should get pushed out, but I don't. I don't think it's going to. Um, what do we do if it's April of next year and this still isn't resolved? I don't know because I put in the text in our text message that they Doom Part Two took Godzilla versus Kong 2's release dates, and that got pushed to April of next year. So. Yeah. This is the new thing of if we can't get people to if we can't get actors to do our stuff or we can't get them to promote it, then we're just going to push it back because I'm looking at Regal right now. I'm the, the none two tickets are supposed to be on sale. Those aren't on sale. The Haunting in Venice is not on sale. You know, it, we're getting to the nitty gritty on these movies supposed to be released. And, you know, unfortunately, we're probably going to we're, we're probably going to start having more pushbacks, unfortunately. At the end of the day, you know who wins? Physical media wins. <laughs> yeah, that's let's true. Get, let, let's let's get into the top five.
Sorry, I'm I'm thirsty. <laughs> Pour up, my brother. Pour up. Keep that hydration up, my guy. You too. It's a big I bottle of water. water. I've drunk water all day, so a, I need a, a little bit of a break. Big bottle. Who is that? And, uh, uh, you keep yours up too, but you you listening, you watching, wherever you are, I don't care. Keep your hydration up too, man. Go to uh, Florida right now. They have, they have plenty of water right now. California too, and apparently Vegas, man. Um, that that's been crazy because it's been hot here. You know, we're on a small cool down. It's about to get hot again. So you know, speaking of hot, today's top five. Chill. We're talking about Johnny Depp. Uh, we're talking about Public Enemies today. Once, way way back, me and Edward did a bonus episode on Johnny Depp, which we revealed our top five Johnny Depp movies. But that was way way back when. So we're going to revisit part two and uh, talk about top five Johnny Depp movies right here with Zach and Edward. Um, I'll, I'll rapid fire through my honorable mentions. Um, the Rum Diaries and Sleepy Hollow. Hmm. Nice. Anybody else? No. Go ahead. Of course not. Zach, let's start off with you. Number five. <laughs> Damn. Um, <coughs> really cranky Never today. <laughs> number five is the uh, only Tim Burton movie I have on my list that he did uh, Sweeney Todd and the Demon Barber of Fleet Street um, very good musical very good performances between Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, Alan Rickman um, great story great songs um, one of the few he probably should have won best picture for that I mean best actor for that to be honest because he's, he's very very incredible in that um, and the gore factor in that is off the charts for it to be a musical. It's, it's kind of insane. Um, it that smells like shit, you know? Exactly. And, you know, for, I mean, and for people that's never seen it, you know, you introduce them to introduce them to John, Sweeney Todd. You're just like, wow, that's actually a really good musical, pretty good movie. So uh, that's my number people, five, Sweeney Todd. People stay away from that though, because it is a musical. Yeah. Nah. Unfortunately. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Get in that thing. Get in that thing. I've seen, I've, I've seen Edwards sing along to Sweeney Todd, and it's a pretty, it's pretty, amazing, not... it's a pretty amazing feature. <laughs> won't even lie on that one. That's one of the few I will is that a, lie on. Is that a Blu-ray exclusive? That's a that's a that's a four K exclusive. exclusive. The pot exclusive. <laughs> I remember, my number five is going to be the Professor from 2018. Um, he plays a a reckless, reckless. Terminal ill uh, professor, and uh, it's it's a pretty fun sight to see. It's a movie that not a lot of people got to see. Um, it wasn't really big in the theaters, but it stars uh, Odessa Young is in it, Johnny Depp's in it. Go out of your way to find this. It's streaming for free on the Roku channel. So if you're a Johnny Depp fan, go check this out. It's one of his latest movies. Um, highly recommend it. It's number five for me. So, Edward, what about uh, number five for you? Man, uh, I'm going to go back for number five. Not not way, way back, but just a little back. 
uh, Secret Window. I think mm-hmm. that one does not get talked about that much because literally, mm-hmm. like, the suspensefulness, the the creepiness, and just the story itself was... Mm. I think I watched that for the first time when I was like 15 or 16, a couple years after it came out, and dude, fell in love with it. And I mean, honestly, like... John Turturro's in it. Yeah. If you have not seen Secret Window, it drags a little. It does not. I will admit. (laughs) You drag. (laughs) I wish. Uh, But the story is damn good, man. Like, you cannot go wrong with that story. It's just full of goodness, man. Full of goodness. Speaking of goodness, Zach, what's number four for you? Uh, Number four for me is another one that no one ever talks about it. I don't I, like if if I told you the title of it, you might not even know what it is. I mean, other, other than us, maybe. Uh, number four is Finding Neverland about the story about the author who who made uh, Peter Pan. With that's my uh, number. That's my number four. Nice with him and Kate Winslet. Very, very, very good movie. <laughs> From 04, yeah, he actually he got nominated for best actor in that. Bro, yeah, like one of his other one of his other best performances. Like 2000, 2007 was like Johnny Depp year gone wild, like Johnny Depp decade gone wild. Exactly. And he, he was had killing a, it. He had a Dustin Hoffman in that movie with him. Yep. Yeah. Very good movie. I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in years, <clears throat> but um, just has a very good emotional story behind it. And two very, very good lead performances that, once again, I mean, I think Johnny Depp is very, very. <clears throat> Overrated and very been overlooked actor. And it's got a young Freddie Highmore in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it really does. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll follow along with that. That's my number four as well. Finding Neverland. Uh, go check it out. It's like Zach said for all the right reasons. Flies by. It's only an hour forty five minutes. So yeah. Edward, number four for you. Number four for me. I'm going to go with nineteen nineties, nineteen ninety I'm sorry, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, it's just a good redo of a tale of, of of dark tale, man. I mean, honestly, like you go and because it's the, the headless horseman and different stuff like that. It's just a retelling of it, basically. But or you know, Sleepy Hollow is the main title, but, but it's Tim Burton about, version, you know, exactly. And I mean, Tim Burton, Johnny Depp. How can you go wrong? Christopher Walken. You can't. Christopher yeah. Walken. And I mean, they're wrong. Him in there too. Like he was fantastic in that. This it's almost watching he was, a he was play, he was headless you know, though. Yeah. Not all the time, but yes, <laughs> yes. Uh he, he got head here and uh head here and there. Um, you know. But yeah, man, those three like I don't know. It's got good chemical makeup in there. It really does. Chemical. I don't know about mm. chemicals, Edward, but it's uh, definitely near that time of year, so I'm definitely going to be giving that a watch real soon. Uh, Zach, what about you? Edwards, and they're uh, talking about head and all. <laughs> what do you no, mean? Hey, hey, hey. He, he got his head back eventually. Uh, number three is the other flip, the other coin, the other side of the coin of Public Enemies, his other gangster flick, uh, Black Mass from 2014, where he plays Whitey Bulger. Again, overlooked that year. I really think he should he got should got a lot of praise for that movie. Uh, Kevin Bacon, Benedict Cumberbatch, John Kevin Bacon, Joel Edgerton. Um, very, very, just a very overall good gangster flick. 
Um, saw that in the theater and I was just really blown away by it. So if you haven't seen that one as well, go check that one out as well. So number three for me, uh, Donnie Brasco from 1997. He yeah. plays an undercover agent and he's after Al Pacino. Um, they develop a relationship. Michael Madsen is also in it. Um, this is another one of his movies that's like the older it gets, the more it gets forgotten about. Um, but for all you streamers out there, go check it out. It's on Netflix. And, uh, you know, if you want to Netflix it up, go see Johnny Depp at his best when he's next to Mr. Pacino. That's my number three. Uh, yeah. Edward, what's number three for you? Um, number three for me might get a little bit of crap because people will be like, why the hell are you putting this? But from hell, um, 2001, uh, retelling again, uh, basically about Jack the Ripper, uh, and what happened in Whitechapel district at that time. Uh, personally, for some stupid reason, that's one of my favorite, uh, serial killer stories to delve into. Not many people back then, you know, had what we have now, you know, at all. So it was hard to know exactly who that was. And there's still speculation to this day. And those happened. Jack the Ripper is. Mm -hmm. Well, they think it might have been a Polish barber. Oh, okay. (laughs) But uh, anyways, uh, no, no. Uh, it back in what the 1880s, like 80, 87 to 89 yeah. or 85 to 88, somewhere around there. But yeah, that's one of my favorite serial killer stories, uh, to delve into and kind of understand what happened to the Hell poor yeah. women. Yeah, so yeah, uh, this is kind of like I said, a, a, a different take or a uh, retelling of the story of Jack the Ripper from Hell. Zach, are you, are you next? Yeah, number two. Uh, Number two is easy. We talked about it this summer. Go check it out for the 20th anniversary Pirate to the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Parlay. Um, yeah, we, we did a whole episode this summer for the 20th anniversary. Uh, go listen to our full thoughts on it. Excuse me. Good. And Johnny's yeah. dying over there, so. Bullshit. I'm just coughing up some bullshit. No. Number two for me is a tie. Um, Excuse Edward, me? Edward Scissorhands. Hey, and Blow. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, Sorry. Edward and Blow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting all day to say that on the show. <laughs> I have been. Yes, <laughs> uh, Edward Scissorhands is just is just fun for me. Um, it's one of the first movies I grew up watching with Johnny Depp from 1990. Um. If you have not seen it, highly recommend it. And then Blow from 2001 with Penelope Cruz, Johnny Depp. Um, you know, it's in the title. Uh, it's, you can go watch it for free on Tubi. Um, if you want to go see some really good performances, uh, the late, great Alan Arkin passed away earlier this year. He's in Edward Scissorhands. Go check him out in that. And then, like I said, Penelope Cruz and Johnny Depp just tear it up in Blow. So those are my uh, number twos. Edward? Yeah, it blows a good movie. Uh, my number two, I am going to go ahead and go back to 1984. It is not his movie, however, it was his first movie. Mm-hmm. A Nightmare 
on Elm Street. This is where we got to see the young little Johnny Depp. Still didn't know what he wanted to do exactly. Still didn't understand if he was fit for the acting gig. But he, he, had, a wet, he had a wet dream in that movie. It was very a very bl- sticky dream. Very bloody dream. He he literally came out all over the bedroom. So, you know, uh, yeah, it was kind of a crazy thing, man. But, uh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, Johnny Depp's debut feature film. So, yeah. Zachary, number one. Uh, probably no surprise. <laughs> We're talking about today public enemies. So we'll talk about it here in a little bit. Like Elliot Ness. Number one for me. Anybody want to take a guess? Hmm. I'm going to say a 2003 film. Uh, no. 1993's What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Mm. Uh, of course. Starring Johnny Depp, Leo, Juliet Lewis. Uh, this movie is just... Good at draw, dude. It's good. It's, it's emotional. You got a perfect... Uh, Perfect cast. The the chemistry between Johnny Depp and Leo were fantastic. Uh, the performances between them two were fantastic. Uh, yeah, Leo and uh, Johnny Depp. What's eating Gilbert great from '93? I think this is the first movie, honestly, that I would probably pick where Johnny Depp really just blown through and showed you what kind of stuff he can do. And you know, as far as like a, a serious acting role. actor, yeah, yeah that's um, true. So that movie's I, too damn depressing, though. It is. Re- <laughs> it is really depressing, um, especially if you know Leo could have drowned in that movie. Like he, he exactly. really. So, but that's my number one, uh, Edward. Uh, I am going to follow in your shoes and do something. Uh, not the same movie, but the same thing you just did. I'm going to do a tie. One that I think. Uh, series wouldn't be the same without the man and two my personal favorite so the series of course is uh parts of the caribbean like it's not the same without jd like it's not mr depp has made that character mr depp has made that franchise you can take Kira knightley you can take orlando bloom you can take jeffrey rush you can take or geoffrey rush you can take all of them out but there's still only one captain jack sparrow and he's still in there, I promise you, somewhere. Now, the other one, my personal favorite, I sing along to it, Demon Barber of Fleet Street, Sweeney Todd. He's going to you cut gonna... your head off, make you into a mince pie, and serve them to your children. Go fuck yourself. Are you going to bless the listener with some of your Sweeney Todd music music skills? No, nah, man. What we're doing today. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys want to share your top five Johnny Depp movies, by all means, send us some, some social media messages, Facebook, Instagram, X, email. Um, hit us up, and we will share them on the show next week. But what we're talking about today is Public Enemies. Um, IMDb has a current score of 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes is at 68%. The meta score is at 70%. And then the Google users like it at 76%. With a budget of around $90 million, it grossed a little over $214 million at the box office with a release date of July 1st, 2009. Man. Star Christian Bale, were... Johnny Depp, uh, Jason Clark, Stephen Graham, 
Stephen Dorff, Carrie Mulligan, Giovanni Ribsby, Marion uh, Cotillard. Yeah, she's like way down deep in the uh, the cast. Uh, you also have a young Channing Tatum in there, directed by Michael Mann. Um, Channing the, Tatum. The Feds try to take down notorious American gangsters John Dillinger, Babyface Nelson, and Pretty Boy Floyd during a booming crime wave in the 1930s. Um, Zach, you have been in my ear for the last four years wanting this this movie. You wanted to been talking about it for for a long, long time. Uh, I have three, this is funny. I have two different posters of this movie. That's how close we got to doing this movie with two of our different logos. So that's, that's how close we were to doing this movie two different times. But we're doing it, it today. I have it in two different notebooks, my new notebook and the one that I first started with. So we're, we're doing it today. Um, do you remember your first time viewing? Did you check this out in the theaters? And what was it like revisiting it for this episode? Yeah. Uh, so disappointingly enough, I did not see this in the theater, which I kick myself and kill myself if I could go back in time and do that. Oh my God. Um, I did. I, the first time I saw it was actually through the Blockbuster mailing service where the, you got the discs in the mail and everything. Um, that's how I that's how I watched it for the first time. And I was just really into it. Love the story. Love the setting. Um, and since then, it's become just, you know, when we did our top five plus five favorite movies of all time, it, it got, there for a second, it was going to slip. But after the rewatch, it got up to number three. So it's, it's definitely a, a, a treasured film. For me, what about you guys, uh, Edward? What about you? Did you check this out in the theaters? You remember the first no. time you watched it? I would say probably within the next year uh, of it being out on a physical copy. Uh, yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, Elliot Ness, John Dillinger, different different people, but you know, stories that were just amazing about those. Whether you were on one side or the other of the law. Um, that that's yeah, because John Gillinger is up there with the likes of like Bonnie and Clyde, you know, uh, yeah. Jesse James, different guys yeah. or different people, different women like that that are those outlaws or those gangster types, and you know, such as this that are just those legends. Yeah. So when you get to hear or get to see a story told like this, and especially of his catching. Ooh, and uh, by none other than the great Elliot Ness and his team, that's ooh, that's amazing right there. Just the, the the real life was a story in itself, but yeah, man. I remember the first time I watched this. I think it was uh, through Blockbuster's Wolfpack. I think I rented it um, when they had their little uh, five movies for five dollars thing for five days right before they went out of business. <laughs> Right before they went out of business, um, and uh, yeah, I think I rented it on Blu-ray. It was one of my first Blu-rays I've ever rented or seen, and played it on the old PS3. Um, it was it was a pretty fun movie. Um, I've always been really into gangster flicks. Still, still am today. I'll go check out anything. I even bought Gangster Squad if that tells you something. Um, yeah. But but no, I I, uh, I enjoyed it this time around. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I caught this time, and uh, it just it flew by for a two hour and twenty minute movie. Yeah, it does. 
And I think, I think Michael Mann, you know, we, we haven't, I don't think we've ever really talked about him. I know this is not his most fav- his most popular film. I know probably he takes the, that slot in his filmography, um, but he knows how to shoot a movie. He knows he has incredible cinematographers and he puts you right in the setting. Like we open up with a title card in 1933. It's like three years into the great depression, John Dillinger, Babyface Nelson or out Robin Banks. And we open we open it up with the prison break. It's like, yeah, I mean that's a perfect opening for this type of movie, especially um, when you have the likes of John Dillinger and his crew just trying to get out and do what they need to do to survive. And I, I learned on all the on the bonus features that everywhere they tried to do it as real as possible, and they even shot on location where the actual break-ins and breakouts happened so that's that's the part that i loved about this man is like yeah. the, the 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 coordination and the choreography of it was so near to realism that it wasn't mm-hmm. even funny i mean you know if you that's not the greatest but that's kind of a picture right there of the real john dillinger mm-hmm. and i mean there's not that much difference of a look for mm-hmm. like they made them look pretty dang like pretty dang good Close, um, yeah. You know, and it's not <clears throat> it's not perfect, but at the same time, like dang, but yeah, you know, um, not only that, but it's the red dress on the woman. That scene that 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 detail in the scene being in real life as well, because red was such a popped and standout color that it wasn't funny and not many people wore just red. So yeah that that was something there you go that was something that made it pop out and stand out and <laughs> i mean if you look at that third picture from left right there tell me that doesn't look like johnny depp almost if like not that one the next one if i'm not mistaken <clears throat> but i mean you can see the resemblance in the cast like you can see like okay you know do his hair this yeah. way mustache like that and all that and okay pretty well, close. It- and, and not only that, I mean, it, like the lookalikes, like obviously Johnny Depp is the closest you can get to that. Red, uh, Jason Clark looks a lot like Red Hamilton. Um, Stephen Graham looks a lot like uh, Babyface Nelson. I'm glad that they got actors that, you know, if you're going to like redo this time, this is a cl- <laughs> this is as close as we can get to um, those, I mean, those real life people. Johnny Depp is kind of the Hollywooded uh image version of it, of it. Yeah. exactly true and that's fine that's whatever don't care but man it's 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 the little details like that you know the suits suits look oh suits look Dude. sharp man so like this is i have like production design like all the sets all the like 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 we said all the realistic time looking settings of the 1930s it looks almost perfect Costume design, like you said, Ed, the suits, the um, the jail outfits, uh, you know, anything, the, the dresses that the, that Billy wears and everything. And the thing that really gets me is the score and the soundtrack. Like I actually have this on uh, CD, uh-huh. and oh, wow. it's a co- it's a combination of like 1930s jazz and like actual real singers, like Billy Holiday and like um, the Bruce Fowler big band. It's just the way they were able to just to like combine that and actually do a real score from Elliot Goldenthal is just, it's perfect. It fits that setting just perfectly. 
But, you know, you, you've got the great Elliot Ness that is basically the Sherlock Holmes of America, pretty much. Um, are, you, are you talking about Melvin Purvis, Christian Bale's character? When the real man is Elliot Ness. The for, detective, for like, who brought down, like, Al Capone and different different guys like that. Oh, that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The different stories just from his are are very similar to a Sherlock Holmes in a way. But yeah. <clears throat> like well, I let said, me that's... let me let me ask you this question, Zach. Uh, and Ed, you can follow if you want to. I, I know you're you're a fan of Johnny Depp as well, but like, what is it about this movie, Zach, compared to like other gangster flicks? Where does this movie, Public Enemies? measure up to different gangster movies for you? So, I can't say it's, like, better than The Godfather. Godfather's, like, number one, obviously. I can't. <laughs> I'd be a fool to come on here and say that. But just my personal opinion, there's just two things. I love the setting that this movie set in. I love the 1930s, the 20s American uh, gangster, <clears throat> just, the, just the setting that we were in as a country. We were in the in the 1920s. We were on the we were on the top of the world, partying all day long, all day night. And then Black Friday hits, the great the uh, stock market crashes, and we were like as down in the dumps as you could possibly imagine. And so sounds like today, <laughs> ten times worse to be honest. And this crime boom that this movie and the book talks about is basically a an effect from that. And that's why you have all these bank robberies and all this like crime syndicates and all this that pop up. And when Edgar, you know, establishes the first war on crime, this is because of Dillinger, it's because of Babyface Nelson and Bonnie and Clyde and all this. And the other part of it is that when this movie came, the summer of 2009, that fall, I took my first college class at OCCC. I was still in high school. And essentially the very first paper I ever did in a college setting, I wrote about the FBI. And so this movie was very doing the research. This movie is not historically accurate, but I don't care. Um, but it just it just intertwined with both, and that's why this movie is. I, I have it in such high regards. It's just personal coincidences, I guess you would say, that really formed it to be one of my favorite movies. So just a little interesting tidbit on that <clears throat> on uh, that poster that we just uh, gone by with the wanted $20,000 reward to, mm. to put that in perspective that's a ha just south about 40 $44,000 south of a half million dollars today it's crazy cuz that that public enemies uh $20,000 for John Dillinger uh and all that uh, yeah, that'd be $456,000 today due to inflation. That is yeah. insane. Edward, what about you? Where does this movie measure up to different gangster flicks for you? Well, I think it depends on how you are as a person. Um, I am not necessarily a, a gangster flick bravado such as you. Um, but in the ones I have seen, I've I, I'd rate this as tier two, not top tier, not a hundred percent, not elite, but this is one of those that's easy to watch a few times a year, easy to uh, get into. Uh, not necessarily going to be the one hundred percent best movie you've ever seen as far as that genre or that subtrope. But why not? Why not? Yeah, you know, let's talk about that for a minute. 
if there's any negativity towards this movie or, or you know, why, why would you oh, say no. that this probably isn't maybe top tier? Well, I mean, you, people aren't going to go ahead and compare this kind of like what you said, Zach, to Godfather, you know, uh, to a few films like that, for that matter. This is going to be just underneath, like a think, notch or so I don't less. Think, I don't think you could compare this to The Godfather. As far as like, if, well, if you want to, I, I think you can compare it to other gangster flicks. But for me, The Godfather is, to me, The Godfather is not really a true gangster flick. If you want to be honest with me, to me, The Godfather, it's, more, it's, it's, it's more a love a story. Drama. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a well, love story for me. It's more a family drama for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I mean, okay. and like, when you think of typical gangster films, like American this Gangster, is, uh, yeah. Gangster Squad, American uh, Egg. Untouchables. Ooh. Yeah. Untouchables. That was good. Capone. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be up there with some and I guess I'm using it more as like a usual perspective, not necessarily <laughs> my, not necessarily my perspective, more of a usual perspective. Um does that as well but uh no in my re- in my personal regards this is to me top tier this is to me elite level you know personally i, I love that one i love that fourth poster the one where that one right there i think that was just i think that was that one's so cool to me and i mean you have to look at the tommy the tommy is oh just that was that was the gun of the time. I mean, honestly, like anytime you think about gangster films, that's like the one that the heat they're usually they're using back in that time period. That was let's the AR about, 15 of that time. Let's talk about Melvin played by Christian Bale. I think he gets overlooked yeah. in this movie a lot. I think yeah. when you think and when you talk about this movie, um, he had just got done giving his performance in the dark night. So Christian yeah. Bale had an amazing 05 to 2009. Um yeah. But honestly, when I think of Public Enemies, I don't think of Christian Bale. He's not even a top three name that I think about when I when I watch this or think about this movie. Why do you think that is that? I, it's it's just the Johnny Depp effect. I mean, I think people. I I, I don't want to say at that time people know. I I think people he I think people knew Johnny Depp more. Obviously, he's just a much more bigger name. But Christian Bell, like you said, had just come off the Dark Knight, the Batman Begins. He was he had a hell of a year in two thousand eight, and this is his follow up. And he also had Terminator Salvation in two thousand nine. So, well, I mean, you even obviously you one movie's ahead, better than the other. You want to go ahead and look at someone who's kind of looked over, but their character is really well known. You look at Channing Tatum, Pretty Boy Floyd. How many times have you heard that name? I have. Several, yeah, but like that. You know. But Channing Tatum, he's just you know he's only like a five minute scene though. Like he's he's no, a cameo yeah, yeah. in today's in today's standards yeah. in that scene. But I would have liked you know if he was going to roll with this gang, I think he would have been a perfect cast to for for his crew. Or even <clears throat> Stephen Stephen Graham with Babyface Nelson. You know I mean mm-hmm. they're wrong. <clears throat> you know you you hear of names like that for that matter that are synonymous with a gangster you know a uh, uh, lifestyle in a way from that time period and yeah and i, I think mean, and i think purvis is a perfect 
the other side of the coin for Dillinger. I think Christian Bell, like you said, Johnny, unfortunately, he, I think a lot of people don't know he's in this movie, to be honest. Um, but I think he gives the same exact performance as Depp, just as a, just as a, um, man of the law and the Dillinger as the wild, as the, the face of crime, essentially. Um, and amazing in a two hour and 20 minute movie, they only have one scene together in the, in the entire scene when he gets arrested and he, they say, he's just talking about the agent that got killed. And he said, it's the eyes, isn't it? He just, you know, they just, next thing you know, they're gone. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. It just, you get, you get Billy Crud up in this movie as well. Um, yeah. you even have, uh, Stephen Lang is in this movie. Um, yeah. You kind of forget how many names that you know today are, are actually in this movie. Um, let's let's talk about um, Billy Marion Cotillard. I think she had just won an Oscar the year prior, so I think that's this is her like follow up to this. I think she's she, good what in this she, movie. What she win it for? Uh, I think it was a French film or something like that. <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. The exact title, You're but. Um, I think she's very good in this. I I just think that maybe if you had gotten a well-known actress at whoever's popular at the time to fill the fill Billy's shoes, um, <clears throat> I'm not going to say it would have helped the movie, but I think it would have definitely. I think she was perfect. Uh, no, I'm saying I'm, I'm like I said. I, I said I think she's really good in this movie, but I just think people don't know who she is, and so if you had gotten someone like. I don't know. I think it was important to get somebody who wasn't that well of known just because you, I don't think you wanted her to steal any kind of thunder from Johnny Depp scenes. That's true. Yeah. I would agree with he, that. He, he, Johnny Depp in this movie with her had to be an overwhelming okay. person because if not only, you know, was the gangster, uh, not, not I, I don't want to use the word int intimidating. I'll use the word intimidating. Like, yeah, Johnny Depp as an actor to her is intimidating, but you also yeah. needed somebody to fit that role as a character too. So I think it was important for him to be the more the more well known. I don't think this movie would have worked if you put maybe like a a Kate, Kate. Winslet in there. Uh, that that's who I was going to put bring up as Kate Winslet as Billy. I think I think that could have worked, but like you said, I think it would have taken away from Johnny Depp's uh, moment in the movie moments in the yeah. movie. Uh, I, I have this written down. I want you guys to. You guys were kind of in the same high school years as I was. Um, why were American gangsters brought up so much throughout American history class? Like, why was it important I, I, for us to learn about these real life individuals when we could have been learning about um, other shit? I think a lot of it was during Prohibition. And that's yeah. why a lot of that gone ahead and gone down, just because you know that <clears throat> was that from the twenties to the mid thirties or something like that. This, this movie is based from nineteen thirty three to nineteen thirty six. Yeah. Um, well, no, I'm saying prohibition was in the twenties. Oh, prohibition yeah, yeah. was still in effect during that time. Of course. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people, you know, that's where your shiners come from. That's where heck NASCAR even came from, for that matter. That's where. Um, you've got a lot of different guys who <laughs> kind of made their own wealth from illegal booze, essentially, or well, what, what do they whisper? Or, uh, oh God, speakeasies. Secret speakeasies. You know, yeah. and we even have some plays on speakeasies for that matter, as far as, you know, like bars that are 
you know, secrets and stuff like that, but not any that you can't go and drink just like you can at a regular wherever else. Right. Well, so and it, it was, was a huge part. Plus well, the and, other epidemic. Well, it, I'm sorry. No, I agree. Plus the no, other it was pandemic just, that happens. So. Well, and the other thing is, is like, this movie does such a good job on focusing on the Dillinger gang, but they don't, they don't bring up other than Babyface Nail Sonny and uh, Pretty Boy Floyd. They don't bring up Bonnie and Clyde. They don't bring up Al Capone. They, they make a mention to Al Capone, but they don't cut to him as a character in this movie, which I appreciated. They just fic- they stay focused on our char- our set of characters, but they acknowledge that there are other crime syndicates, other crime figures going on, that's what's going on at, at this time in America. So, or wasn't John Gotti mentioned as well? Or No, Gotti was like in the 70s or 80s. Yeah, Gotti, Gotti was way oh, ahead like, of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what do you guys think about the... Um, one of the things I love about this movie is uh, it's, no, it's focus on time. Like throughout this entire film, Alan, like when they go, when they're having, after the first bank robbery, which I think is an incredible <laughs> sequence, you know, they're partying, have a good time, and they meet Alvin Carpus, who's played by Giuliano Rubisi. And he says, you know, we have this train that we're going to do, but it's a big score. It's a score you go away on, you know. And Dillinger says, you know, what are you, they, uh, Purvis, not Purvis, um, Alvin Carpus asks, what are your plans? And he says, there are no plans, and he said you ought to, because what we're gonna do, what we're doing, robbing banks, it's not gonna last. And that makes it, and that is a theme throughout this entire film. Red says it to him right before he dies. Billy says it to him, um, right before you know when she gets out of the house custody, and ultimately, you know, we'll talk about the ending. There is no plan. I think Dillinger really lived his life the way he made it. Well, like, so what do you guys think about that? What do you think about the, that theme in the movie? Living one day at a time. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think it was. I think, I think it was a good, good way to live live through the movie. Just because I don't think you should have dragged the movie into more character development. I don't think you should have dragged it through. You know, flashbacks. I think it was good to pick up right where they picked up and then just go from there. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think this movie needed much character development, for that matter. I think it more just needed to tell its story. Um, but with with that, I think a lot of it was just because he was constantly on the run from the law, you know. And mm-hmm. back then, it didn't matter. Like if someone shot you and killed you, someone shot you Game and over. killed you. Like yeah. it wasn't a whole huge process after that. It wasn't a whole like, oh, okay, so you shot you shot John Gillinger. All right, case closed. $20,000 reward, see you later, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Like, yeah. Okay, you know, yeah, it's kind of still, this was the very last remnants of the Wild West in a way, you know, or the... Yeah. That was good. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's true, because, like, you know, if you really think about it today, how often do you think about, uh, how, how often in the news do you hear about bank robberies? I mean, truthfully. Not, not very that, often. Not often, but, I mean... Don't get me wrong as being a person who's gone through one. <laughs> it can it still happens, but not to the extent of that, you know, in this movie. Before we met, <laughs> me and you, uh, Zach, before we met, actually, for that matter. Uh, oh, wow. I think the year before we met. 
But uh, you know, we used to me and me and Ed used to go, you know, just like uh, out in the wild west. We used to go for out. No, I'm just I was about to say, hold, hold, hold up before. No, no, no. I think, oh, so I, we... I, I think you don't hear that much about it anymore today, because it's all about how can I get one over on somebody electronically. Yeah. yeah. I, was... I mean, we we want that demand as far as cash go, but it's not about the physical paper anymore. It's about credit card numbers. It's about electronically. Mm-hmm. Screwing somebody over, then getting Reddit numbers. Wad, yeah, then getting wad wadfuls of cash. Yeah, because I mean, don't wrong. You type in if if you know how to do it and all that, you type it in. You know, after that, it's did you get traced? Did you you know and all that? It's like you know, and that's why so many people <clears throat> today that that is kind of the new gangster in a way is these honestly keyboard warriors. You know I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily like. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm gonna come to your house and you know, it's not no. like that. But oh my like god, hackers. it's it's so much it's so much easier to access someone's personal like identity than it is to actually go to their bank and rob them. Let's talk about this things... now. Go, going back towards the film, uh, this is 2009. This movie's 15 old, years right? old next year. Yeah. 15 years old next year. So, what would mm-hmm. you think? Why are these? old school gangster flicks kind of getting phased out of Hollywood or if they're made in today's era. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could certainly go back to Gotti with John Travolta or Capone with Tom Hardy. They're not made very good. Uh, why, why do you think that is like, do you think there's just not a high demand? You think people are forgetting about these characters? I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't want to say that they're forgot. They're being forgotten. I think what you have to realize is that during this time, actually the era that this movie is set <clears throat> there are so many gangster films i mean from james cagney bogart all these different different variations of them but they were good <clears throat> they were good they're very good you know some of the pacing of them is probably what kills them in today's world but in today's world there's so many different versions of the gangster story the closest i, I think i think we can get to this that is actually really good is the irishman even though it does take place not so much during that time, maybe the forties, fifties, obviously and onward, but the it's Irishman is the girthy. <laughs> it is. The Irishman is the closest we can get to like a film of this caliber with like old, old school type gangsters. It's all um, girthy. Damn, man. Are you drinking a ocean over there? <laughs> so <laughs> that's just my interpretation of it. But like, what do you, like, what do you, why do you guys think that these movies aren't made anymore? I think they're just not a high demand. I think people in today's film era, today's genre, I think it's all about big blockbusters, CGI films. I don't, I don't think people are interested in going and watching a two-hour movie about a gangster from the 30s anymore. I, I just I don't did... think people are entwined to see that kind of film or art style anymore. I lied. Did you guys ever see the the Highwaymen with Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson? It was about the two sheriffs that caught Bonnie and Clyde. That's it came out like on show, right. It's like a mini series. Net- no, it, I think it was a movie. On, it was a movie on Netflix that came out like two or three years ago. If that one I was pretty good. If I can't feel it, touch it, squeeze it, or smell it, I kind of don't pick it up. Or lick it. Yeah. Um. First off, uh. <laughs> I, I just think it's not the right time at the moment. I think that... I don't think it's ever going to be the right time. No, no, no. I think it's going to resurge here within the next 15 years. 
I, I do. And the reason for that is because you have to look through time. You have fashion, you have words, you have all kinds of stuff, even media. It all comes back. It really, really <laughs> does. You know, and, you know, music, there's another one. It all comes back and it kind of circles around different things. Um, mm-hmm. if, 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 if you think about it. I think, I think it's, the, it's the same way why Westerns are slowly dying out and why nobody's really putting together any good Westerns anymore. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, you, you look in, you know, what, the 30s and 40s were a lot of different Westerns. Then the 70s and 80s, there was some good stuff in there. A couple tries here and there during the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, but nothing really big. And I mean, yeah, you know, I'll agree it's dying out. But at the same time, like superhero and- movies were big back in the 50s and then the 80s and now 2020, uh, 2010s and 2020s. Right, but like it's it's still the same thing. Like honestly, and I think this this writer's uh, this writer's uh, strike is is going to end up just m- making things worse, because guess what? You're not going to make all that money back with a seventy million dollar budget western or a hundred million dollar good art film. You're going to yeah. have to make up with this money with guess what? Let's put another Marvel movie out there. Let's do another Star Wars film because we another need Avatar. all yeah we need all that money back. And so, I, so this strike is, is essentially, I think this strike is going to end up doing just as bad to the film industry as COVID did, if not worse. I yeah. just think that the the call for it isn't right now. I don't think the passion for it is right now. I don't think necessarily even the want for a lot of it, kind of like what you're saying, is right now. Like I said, well, I, I think in the future it will be, but I don't think maybe well, I mean, people, years, people People are also getting burnt out. Just like, yeah, I mean, can... honestly, just kind of just like all of us, if we have to work 17, 18 days in a row, we're going to get burnt out and want to do something else. Well, it, like you said, it, it also comes back down. It's it's recycled media and stories and everything where it's just like, you know, the last good Western, in my personal opinion, is Hell or High Water. And that was yeah. 2016. And that's re- it's, it's a neo-Western. It's not even really like a true <laughs> Western the way you think of back in the day. Um, Public Enemies, you know, is like a really good 1930s gangster movie that, you know, no one, well, if if you're not a Johnny Depp fan, you're probably not even heard of, heard of it. So, Plus, I mean, don't wrong, you have to look at social times right now. Social times, it may not be the best thing to bring that up just because, you know, certain things might not be looked at in a favorable opinion, favorable opinion. On a lot of different, you know, uh, past transgressions or a lot of historical facts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be looked at in a very bad light. You know, even from the 30s, 50s, 60s and all that, if we're getting real and real and honest right here. It's you, not, you know, what everybody wants to remember at the moment. What do you guys think of the, the death scene? Zach, you've done more reading upon this than anybody, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Death scene to John Dillinger, was that true? Getting shot after seeing a movie? Everything in that, there's a couple of things I want to talk about before we get out of here. That that scene, Michael Mann, I listened to the I've listened to the commentary several times. That is almost historically accurate as they could get it down to. They he did go see a movie right before his death. Um, the movie was Manhattan Melodrama. I actually watched it yesterday just to prepare. I rented it for like a dollar ninety nine on Apple TV. I just wanted to see like what this movie was, and essentially it's a that is pure passion, people, okay? Like, yeah. this motherfucker literally gone and seen John Stop. Dillinger's last movie 
just to understand what he was watching before yeah. he got and died. Yeah. Did, did you hear that? Like, yeah, that's sorry. <clears throat> proceed, Mike. No, no, it's it, the story is essentially about two two childhood friends. One ends up as a a governor, and one ends up as a, a bookie, a criminal, and. Clark Gable's character is very much a, a John Dillinger lookalike, a figure of that time period. And it's almost the same. It's a re I hate to use the word recycled, but it's almost shot for shot, um, not for shot for shot, but like theme. I was talking about there's going to be an end to all this. It's the same thing in that movie. And, also, you know, the scene where he says, die the way you live, don't drag it out end it the way it's supposed to be living like that is not how it's supposed to be that's exactly what dillinger heard before he walked out of the theater and shot got, got killed by the fbi and that's crazy. the way they choreographed that was when dillinger gets shot johnny Depp's face lands on the exact pavement and his eyes are looking at what dillinger was looking at when he died it's mm. that's as historically accurate so and it's also, you know, when you think about, you know, if you're Dill in Dillinger's shoes and you're thinking what he thinks, how are you processing that? You know, do you want to live, do you want to live your life out with Billy and love her and go away to some far country? Or are you just going to go out the way you lived? You know, that's just, it's, it's a, psychologically, it's a very interesting question. Uh, hold and then the ending, young. And then the ending thing with Billy and Stephen Lang's character you know, he told her what Dillinger's last words were. Yeah, bye bye Blackbird, which is, I think, a perfect summary. And it summar I think it summar summarizes the movie perfectly, honestly. Um, and something and else I wanted to. You, you don't get the title card until the very end credit scene. Yeah, the, at the at the end credits, yeah. And something else I want to mention. Um, and if you guys have any other thoughts before we go to favorite scenes, you can. Um. I've listened to this movie like the way where I sit, I can I just I kind of have it on my phone on the back of my desk. I've listened to this movie. The sound design in this is so incredible. And I'm sure you would appreciate anytime when there's a shootout with the like at the bank robberies, there's no score, there's no other music going on. You can feel the power of those guns. It like the little bohemia scene where the, the shootout when they, they attack the complex or FBI kind of storms the complex, the sound design. I think I give praise to Michael Mann and his team to to pull that off. I think it's really well done. So sorry, I've been nerd now for the last hour and three minutes. No, it's good. So, We'd rather you nerd out than just hate your life. Essentially. <laughs> but so, no, nah, man. Yeah, this this film right here is just uh it's crazy how accurately detailed they tried to be, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And just to give you guys, some, you know, like you said, a dedication, like I said, I have the soundtrack, physical soundtrack. Johnny, this was my very first Blu-ray that still has the slip over cover. Oh, nice. And the stickers and then, on it. I know. And I still, and I actually got the book. So. <laughs> Zach, if so. it came out with, does it have a 4K release yet? No, I'm waiting on it. I thought it. I thought it would have like a 4K steelbook by now, but when it happens, don't worry. <laughs> Johnny so. treats uh, DVDs and Blu-rays and 4Ks like Leo treats women. Once there's a better exactly. version, you're dumped. Hey, that's exactly. okay. You know what? 
greatness likes greatness, okay? So you, uh, you, you got to upgrade every every fifteen thousand miles, right? Hey, Scholar Rock's getting a four K here in a couple weeks, so. Uh, let's talk about favorite scenes. Ed, we'll go with you. What, do you have a favorite scene or two? I would say the cabin scene where they're all kind of talking and chaos just erupts for a bit. That that one was, I felt it was powerful. Um, where where Babyface eventually they all get they all get wasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it kind of <clears throat> it's it, it kind of just shows you like okay, they're no one's safe. Like holy shit, they all this guy just got here. <laughs> this guy just got here and he's gone. Uh, exactly. Okay. But nah, man. That scene right there is one that's always stuck with me for that matter with this movie. So that would be my uh, favorite. If I had to pick a favorite scene, I think it would be uh <clears throat> Man, there's so many good scenes. The cabin scene was definitely up there. Um Probably that first breakout scene of the, at the beginning of the movie. Terrific scene. Uh, the second breakout is actually really good, too, where they're just pushing guards left and right down the stairs. Oh, yeah. That's where Johnny Depp has the fake little gun. Yeah. Uh, Zach, what about you? Uh, the whole uh, the, the whole two hours and 20 minutes, honestly. Two hours and 20 minutes. So I really thought I could pick one, but, I mean, honestly, if I had to pick a character moment... It would be the, and the soundtrack is called Love in the Dunes, where it's just Billy and uh, Dillinger, and they're just talking about, I have this plan. I, if I can, Carpus has his plan. If I do this, we can go away. And I, I think you really, in, in that moment, you really believe that maybe, just maybe, they can they can pull this off, but it's I feel like it's just doomed, you know, essentially. So. Star rating. Uh, here we go. Ed, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this a nine. Really like this movie. Have uh, It's been a while since I've seen it, but this is this movie, if you have never seen this, I promise you the story will entrap you easily, man. It really will. So, uh, I'm going to give this movie an eight. Um, I've I really enjoyed it. Uh, gangster flicks are one of my favorite uh, types of film. The performances by Johnny Depp. Christian Bale are, are fun or amazing. Um, there's just some scenes to me that feel like it's a two hour and 20 minute movies at, at a few times. It does feel a little lengthy. Um, but like I said, I, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a minute. So I don't know how the rewatchability would, would live up to this for me, but an eight's still a really good score. Uh, go check this out. If you haven't seen it, I give it an eight. Zach. Uh, 1.5 out of 10. No, <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna give this a ten. It's like I said, sucks. <laughs> no, it's what a ten you, for me. One of your me. favorite movies. Like I said, it's it's one of my favorite movies. I can't. I literally cannot find nothing wrong with this movie. Truthfully, um, great performances. I love the setting. Uh, great action set pieces. Uh, good good theme throughout the film. Um, and I'm gonna get some hate for it, but I think it's Michael Mann's best movie. I think. Did you guys see the Ferrari trailer that's coming out for Christmas? That's his next movie with Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. I think I it, that, that one had, looks pretty is, good. Is this Ford versus Ferrari too? No, it's all about Ferrari, like the maker of Ferrari, essentially. So oh, okay, Adam Driver, Enzo Ferrari. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> any, anything with Adam Driver in it is going to be good. That's exactly. So yeah, but today's 
but today's episode, Public Enemies, 10 out of 10. One of my favorite films. So glad right. we finally got to talk about it after four years later. Um, if you guys have not seen this movie, go check it out. Let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, we'll, we will get to the email bag eventually in the next few episodes. Um, because we got some fun movies that we're going to be talking about soon, uh, including next week. Next week, we are talking about No Hard Feelings, starring Jennifer Lawrence. <coughs> In a movie that honestly kind of went under the radar for me, if Zach didn't oh, bring yeah. it up, if Zach didn't bring it up, I don't think I really would have <coughs> had the urge to hurry up and watch it. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'm interested in in seeing it. Actually, I'm going to probably see it in the next few hours or tomorrow. Yeah, I'm excited to rewatch it. I saw it in the theater this summer, so I'm excited about the rewatchability. Uh, and then in two weeks, on September 13th, the 30th anniversary of Batman Mask of the Phantasm, uh, mm. which ironically falls on <coughs> our fifth year anniversary. There you go. Um, so Cinco de Años Johnny's dying over there guys but after that um, our Let's last that water. Of the month of September yeah School of Rock our 20, the 20th anniversary of School of Rock so that'll be a fun episode and then we have in the month of September going back to the Enterprise Star Trek Beyond so we got some good things coming up in September, at, and we're starting. I think we're starting off October horror season with the 2003's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, Ooh. Uh, newer so. Look at us. We we upgrading an old favorite, huh? Should be so. fun. Uh, I can't wait. September is gonna fly by just like August did. Uh, yeah. But until next week, guys. Any uh, any final thoughts for the uh, Public Enemies episode? Go check it out. So then, bye-bye, Blackbird. There you go. Have a good week, guys. See you next week on a new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast.